stories. It's a ridiculous glorifying of the experience. Drugologues and drunkologues, they're called. One of the things that always bothered me the most was the incessant one-upmanship. You tell a story, sometimes bearing your soul, and the guy next to you would smirk and say, Nah, man, I spilled more than you ever used. Oh, really? Damn right. Well, I used a lot, so you must be one clumsy fuckhead. For some reason, this sort of interaction never did much for me, never made me feel like I was getting better or improving as a human being. Sometimes I got worse. It was at an AA meeting, ironically, that I first learned about the ease of procuring pain medication through the Internet. I didn't have any particular need for pain meds at the time, but the woman telling the story made it sound like a great buzz. Before long, the packages were coming to my house, and I'd fostered one hell of an addiction. By this time, I was a world-famous rock star. Founder, frontman, singer, songwriter, and guitarist, and de facto CEO, for Megadeth, one of the most popular bands in heavy metal. I had a beautiful wife and two wonderful kids, a nice home, cars, more money than I ever dreamed of. And I was about to throw it all away. You see, behind the facade, I was fucking miserable. Tired of the road, the bickering between band members, the unreasonable demands of management and record company executives, the loneliness of the drug-addled life. And, as always, incapable of seeing that what I had was more important than what I didn't have. The joy of writing songs and playing music which had sustained me through so many lean years, had slowly been siphoned off. Now I simply felt empty. And so I went off to hunt Texas, hoping this time the change would stick. Or not hoping, not caring, not knowing much of anything really, except that I needed help getting off the pain meds. As for long-term behavior modification, well, that wasn't high on my list of priorities. And here's what happened. Early in my stay, I wander off to get some rest. I remember slumping into a chair and tossing my left arm over the back, trying to curl up and sleep. The next thing I know, I'm waking up, dragging myself out of the fugue of a 20-minute nap. And when I try to stand up... Something pulls me back, like I'm buckled into the seat or something. And then I realize what's happened. My arm has fallen asleep, and it's still hooked over the back of the chair. I laugh, try to withdraw my arm again. Nothing happens. Again. Still nothing. I repeat this motion, or attempted motion, a few more times before finally using my right arm to lift my left arm off the chair. The moment I let go, it falls to my side, dangling uselessly, pins and needles shooting from shoulder to fingertips. After a few minutes, some of the feeling returns to my upper arm and then to part of my forearm. But my hand remains dead as if shot full of Novocaine. I keep shaking it out, rubbing it, whacking it against the chair. But the hand is numb. Ten minutes pass. 
15. I try to make a fist, but my fingers do not respond. Out the door, down the hall. My breathing is labored, in part because I'm kicking drugs and out of shape, but also because I'm scared shitless. I burst into the nurse's office, cradling my left hand in my right hand. I blurt out something about falling asleep and not being able to feel my hand. The nurse tries to calm me down. She presumes, not unreasonably, that this is just part of the process. Anxiety and discomfort come with the territory in rehab. But it's not. This is different. Within 24 hours, I will be on hiatus from La Hacienda, sitting in the office of an orthopedic surgeon who will run a hand along my biceps and down my forearm, carefully tracing the path of a nerve and explaining how the nerve has been freakishly compressed, like a drinking straw pinched against...